Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Can you feel it? It's that time. The NFL regular season is back. It's been a uh, a particularly long offseason for the Tennessee Titans and their fans, coming off a playoff-less 2022, uh, so a longer break than folks have been accustomed to here in the uh, in the Mike Vrabel era. But it's uh, it is over. It's done. The Titans are headed to New Orleans on Sunday for the start of the 2023 regular season and. Uh, uh, a season that, you know, it, 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 I guess outside of Tennessee, outside of the Titans fan base, there's not a, uh, there's not a lot of confidence in this team. I, I think there is, there's more optimism inside the fan base, but, uh, but, but certainly a sense of what, what could go wrong, but, but not necessarily a feeling that those things will go wrong. It's, uh, um, it, it, there, there is, there is always when you're zero and zero, the chance that things could, things could go really, really well, per- particularly if you stay healthy and, and get a couple breaks along the way. We'll, uh, we'll see how that all plays out over the next 18 weeks. But in this episode of the Believe in Titans podcast, we are obviously going to focus on just this week and the, uh, and the Titans game against the Saints with our usual lineup back together this week. Uh, former Titans cornerback Denard Walker. Denard, how are you? I'm doing good, David. How are you doing? I'm doing great. And, uh, John Glennon of the Nashville Post. John, how are you? I am well. Hope you guys are too. That is uh, that is the uh, consensus, I think. And I am David Beauclair. And uh, let's start this. Uh, let, let's start with a, a little bit of housekeeping here. Mike Vrabel announced on Wednesday that the uh, the players voted on team captains, and it's a uh, it's a big group this year. Seven captains: three on offense, three on defense, one from special teams. On offense, they are Ryan Tannehill. Derek Henry and Aaron Brewer, who I think would probably rank as a bit of a surprise on defense. Kevin Byer, Jeffrey Simmons, Aziz Al Shair, um, Al Shair, of course, a newcomer to the team. But anyone who has seen or experienced his energy at practices, I, I, I think that uh, you know that that kind of explains his uh his inclusion there and then uh morgan cox the long snapper who was a pro bowler once again last year is uh is the uh is the special teams captain or the or the special teams representative among the captains group i will say uh um john but before we get into a lot of other stuff how, how surprising is aaron brewer to you a uh, uh, an undrafted guy a couple of years ago, not particularly successful or certainly not as, as much as anybody hoped last year as, as left guard moving to center this year. Uh, how much of that has to do with the position he plays and how much of it has to do with you think uh, that, that he, he is kind of commanding a group that, that includes a couple first round draft picks and, uh, but, but is a, uh, is a completely remade group this off season. Yeah, I think there's probably a little bit of both involved there. You know, it's interesting. You know, we we started taking a look at at uh, 
at the roster today, and and you think of Aaron Brewer as as being relatively new, you know, to the to the Titans roster. He hasn't been here forever, but this roster has turned over so much, uh, and so many of the longtime veterans, not all of them, obviously, but so many of them are gone. That Aaron Brewer, you know, ranks up there now in terms of, of longevity uh, being here. Um, I think he's very well respected as a guy who, you know, who, who made the team obviously as an undrafted free agent. He's, you know, he's undersized for an offensive lineman. He's overcome that. Uh, and then naturally that, that position too, I think commands certain leadership uh, as well. You're in charge of, of the offensive line and, and helping them get lined up and, and picking out uh, protections, you know, identifying uh, defenses. And, and Mike Ribble had also talked about, how often Aaron Brewer, you know, was in uh, in the offseason meeting with the quarterbacks, you know, getting on the same page with the quarterbacks now that he's a center and establishing those kind of relationships as well. Uh, and we know, uh, we, we also know uh, very well of, of Aaron Brewer's toughness. I think the quote that has long stuck with Aaron Brewer is Mike Vrabel's uh, tough as a $2 steak uh, comment. So, uh, some respects, you know, he's certainly a new name in that group, but there's a lot of reasons, you know, to to uh, understand why he has been uh, voted into to one of the captain spots there. Yeah, Denard, you certainly you certainly understand what uh, what a, a center's responsibility is uh, better than than the average fan does. The fact that uh, that a guy can go from being undrafted a couple of years ago to to suddenly his first go round as a starting center to being named a uh, a team captain and let's let's face it we've talked a lot the last few weeks and months about concerns with the offensive line does the fact that his teammates view him in this regard make you feel a little better about uh, about the offensive line and and what that unit can deliver this year yeah, I'm excited. First of all, congratulations to Aaron Brewer. You know, it's hard enough to make this team as a draft pick, never alone an undrafted free agent. But what Aaron has been uh, his entire career in Nashville, he's been consistent, John. How how many times have we seen, and, and it happens, but an offensive lineman for the Titans that can play two positions. And he plays guard and he plays center. So when you're the center, you're making all of the calls. You make one call the wrong way, you get your quarterback head uh, is going to get torn off. But what I also like about this move is the fact that it represents, at least to me, um, how not, not only he's been consistent, but when you look at this offensive line, you got four new starters. So you take Aaron, he's the only one you bring him back from last year. So this is also big. And I think what happens is, is, is Mike Vrabel, he kind of set the tone. And I think this is, he said, listen, this has been the one player that I, I've been able to depend on for years. And you need an offensive line. When you got a, your captain and he's on the offensive line and that's the center, that's saying a lot, John and David. Yeah, but, you know, Ben Jones in the, in recent years was a captain at times, wasn't a captain other times, but no question he was a leader. And, and Mike Vrabel, he, he says it every year that, you know, whether whether you're a captain or not, he wants guys to to feel free to to lead in whatever way they feel comfortable and, and they feel is effective. And, the you know, I, I, I sometimes I sometimes question players choices. Uh, you know, I, I sometimes think guys will look to the, the the players who talk the most and say, well, that's that's leadership. Anyone who has talked to Aaron Brewer knows Aaron Brewer is not a chatty guy, and he's not you know he's not running his mouth all the time. He's uh, uh, you know this, this this feels much much more like a, a recognition of the work that he has put in, and uh, and it 
it'll be uh it, it's it, you know it's his it's his offensive line now as it should be i think for uh for any starting center so um you know denard you you talk about uh you talk about protecting the quarterback we all know that the uh you know in this business the backup quarterback is always one play away from from getting in there uh, we saw it happen with Ryan Tannehill a couple times last year, struggling with injuries. Going into this game, Mike Vrabel is not saying who is his number two, whether it's Malik Willis, whether it's uh, the rookie Will Levis. Uh, obviously, Willis played much more during the uh, during the preseason, and uh, you know, I, I think accomplished a lot. We talked about that a bit last week, but. Uh, uh, Denard is is there is there a competitive reason you think that uh, that that Mike Vrabel wouldn't say this or is this just uh, you know a coach having his fun at the start of the season? I wouldn't say it's competitive. I think it's a strategy, to be honest with you, because the most important position on a football field on a football team, excuse me, is your backup quarterback. We saw that last year. They end up using what two. And uh, they didn't make the playoffs because Ryan got hurt. And so then you had to go on the street. And we know what happened after that, the Jacksonville game. But I think it's a strategy because what you don't want is for the Saints to say, okay, listen, Malik Willis is going to be the backup quarterback. So how how are we going to play him just in case? And you know that you got a 35-year-old quarterback that's coming off ankle surgery. So so this is a team that if they're going to do anything, it might come down to the backup quarterback. But what you don't want to do is have the Saints saying, listen, if it's, if it's Malik, the backup quarterback, we want them second guessing. We don't want them to sit there and be watching the Houston film from last year, uh, John and David and saying, listen, this is how we're going to play this young man. And when he comes in the game, we can look at what he's been doing in the preseason and saying this, he hasn't really evolved that much. So we're going to do this. We're going to do that. And if you're the defensive coordinator for the Saints, what you're going to do is say, this is how we prepare for him. But when you don't know who the going to be the backup quarterback, and let's just say something did happen. Then what happens if you, um, you end up preparing for Malik and you end up getting Will. Yeah. And and let's 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 for the sake of clarity, let's review this the quarterback rule this year. You can we're back to the to the way it used to be in the NFL where you can have an emergency third string quarterback on the roster who doesn't count against the actual game day roster unless you know, but he's there if uh if need be. Now the Titans could actually just say, no, we're gonna have we're gonna have three quarterbacks among our uh our, our was it 48 players on the on the game day roster and and then you don't have to worry about that's not going to happen one of these two guys is going to be designated the emergency third string quarterback um john it is it do you think it's uh it, it i mean my feeling i guess is that it's it's almost certainly willis who's the backup quarterback and and that because Willis offers you the opportunity to do some things from a schematic standpoint and and you know personnel packages and a, and a couple of you know a couple plays to change things up. The Satans certainly have done that sort of thing for years with Taysom Hill, who uh, who they can line up at quarterback and do all sorts of crazy things with, and and I think they've they've done it to good effect. Uh, you know, Willis and and Levis are not the same type of quarterback. So uh, just from that perspective, don't you think it makes more sense to, for Malik Willis to be the guy? 
I think so. Yeah, from from that standpoint, and and also let's face it, you know, Will Levis is is a rookie who played very little in the preseason games. You know, he played approximately half the first preseason game. Didn't play at all in the second and third preseason games, where really those are the only significant impressions that that a guy can make. Uh, you know, as a as a rookie, aside from practice, and and uh, you, you know, you, you can't always judge from from practice. So, you know, if if it's not Willis here at number two, or you you really have to wonder, uh, you know, kind of uh, again, you're you're left in that spot wondering what Willis's long term future is. And again, this is if he is not the number two guy, because basically, I think Brabel would be saying that Malik Willis would have effectively played himself out of the number two spot through the preseason, you know, and and we know that that Malik Willis had some good numbers, uh, you know, in the preseason, but he also, you know, he had mistakes too. He had a number of turnovers. Uh, he led the NFL in four preseason picks, tied for the NFL high with with four fumbles in the preseason. So there was some good and and some bad with Malik Willis. But just from the standpoint of him having a year in the system, uh, from the improvement that I think he has shown from from year one to year two. Uh, and the fact that he got so much more work in the preseason games than Will Levis did, I I, I would be surprised uh, if it is not Malik Willis at, at number two. And I agree with you. You know, if you have Malik Willis as number two, maybe you have a, a package or two, you know, designed in the game. You know, even if Ryan Tannehill is perfectly healthy, then Malik Willis comes in to, to run, uh, you know, from, from time to time just to change things up, just to, uh, you know, keep the keep the Saints on their heels a little bit. And and before we get into looking more closely at the Saints, let's uh, let's say this: every every NFL player knows, everybody says it every year that uh, after Week One, nobody is a, at a hundred percent. The uh, the week's first injury report was out. Um, the Titans mostly healthy. Uh, the only players who were listed as partial participants in the first practice of the week were Harold Landry, Dylan Radens, and and Trey Avery. Radens, of course, the offensive lineman coming off reconstructive knee surgery late last year. I don't think that's uh, that's a surprise to anyone. Harold Landry, a little more than a year removed from uh, reconstructive knee surgery. That's that's maybe a little surprising that they would. Uh, they would try and slow him down maybe, but uh, I don't think there's any cause for concern. Avery's a guy who who battled some injuries through the uh, the preseason a little bit. Denard, you know, speak to that. How how good do players feel right now preparing for week one, and, and how different is that from the feeling at any other point during the season? <laughs> it's like night and day. <laughs> <laughs> Week one, you're fresh. You haven't really played. I mean, you look at the starters. How many how many uh, snaps do they play in the preseason? Virtually none for oh, most of yeah, Some of the skill guys, very few. It's very few. So right now you're feeling amazing. Your body is ready to go. That's why guys are they're going a 1,000 miles an hour on that first game of the season. The problem is, is that after week one, depending on how you come out of that game, you're going to feel different. you got 17 weeks of this, David. It is a absolute. It is a. Oh, it is one of the toughest experiences you will go through. Uh, it is mentally draining. It's physically. Uh, it takes its toll on your body physically. And this game, it's hard. It's that's why they call it a game of attrition. So right now, the greatest thing that the Titans got going for them is their health. 
And that's what we can uh, look forward to Sunday uh, against the Saints. How often during the season do you wake up on Monday with pain that you didn't know you had Sunday that, you know, the adrenaline and everything carries you through and you get to, you even get to bed and you're, you're, you're feeling okay. Then you get up and it's like, wow, my elbow or my shoulder or my knee or something really hurts is, does that happen quite a bit? Uh, yes. From week one to week 17, yeah. <laughs> 17 weeks of that. So get ready for it. And guys mentally, they get themselves geared that they know their body is, is going to go through a physical toll. So that's something that, training camp kind of gets you uh, prepared for because when you go through the rigors of training camp, uh, really what training camp is to, it not only gets you ready for the season, but it gets your mind ready to go for this, that 17 weeks of the season. John, I, I, I said, I don't think it's a surprise to anyone that, that Dylan Radens maybe is, is, you know, they're being careful with him at this point. It, it wouldn't surprise me if he's one of the inactive players Sunday that, you know, when, when you, when you're, when everybody else on the offensive line is healthy, you can give this guy more time. Uh, did you see any reason for concern with, with Harold Landry being uh, being held back a little bit at the start of this week? Or uh, you, it, everybody should feel comfortable with him at this point, do you think? Well, I, yeah, it, it was a somewhat concerning to me, um, you know, and in, in just from what we saw today, um you know, out of practice in the small window uh, that the media sees practice. You know, Harold Landry was out there for, for stretch, uh, and then he went uh, inside afterwards. Certainly didn't look like there was anything, any new injury. But um, what was interesting was was that he was listed not with a knee injury. You know, we we expected, you know, maybe that would be the case. Is he, you know, is he still working his way back? But it's an abdomen um, that that had Harold Landry as a uh, as a partial participant. Uh, today um so yeah I, I think there there's cause for a little bit of concern there in that it's just it's not the knee which would have been you know a full year and and you would have thought the knee and, and apparently the knee is virtually completely healthy but this appears to be something new that's bothering him so we'll have to keep an eye on that as the week goes on and the the other thing that uh, you know was a slight concern um you know on the injury report I thought was Trey Avery um cornerback had uh the dreaded hamstring injury and i'm sure denard can speak to that uh as a defensive back with a hamstring injury uh, you know any skilled player really boy those those things i, I would imagine are, are difficult to overcome i mean the, the best thing you can do is rest it and and there's not a whole lot of time to rest during the regular season so to me that's another one to keep our eye on the dreaded you know soft tissue injury um you know at a, at a, at a position like defensive back yeah, and that and that was uh that was an issue last year as uh as we know for a couple of guys on defense. But let's uh let, let's look ahead to uh to the Saints and and some of the challenges that that they're they're going to pose and uh as we uh as we look at New Orleans, we got to give a shout out to one of uh Denard's former teammates uh uh, Marcus Robertson is the, uh, is the secondary coach for New Orleans there. He has a, uh, he has a, a good group. He has a stud, of course, in, in Marcus Lattimore. And, uh, um, you know, with, I think, I think 
everybody wants to see how this Titans passing game is going to function this year. You know, what, what are we going to see from DeAndre Hopkins? How much better is Traylon Burks going to be? How much better is, is Chigo Conquo going to be? Where does Tajay Spears factor into this sort of thing? It's, uh, there's a, uh, there's a lot to, uh, there's a lot that you want to see with this group. So, uh, uh, Denard, let me ask you this. You know Marcus Robertson well. What is uh, what is he going to be saying to his group? What uh, what what do you think the uh, the basics of the uh, of the Saints' pass defense is going to be in terms of dealing with this group? <laughs> He's going to be saying what every other defensive back coach is saying: "You're going to get beat. <laughs> uh, give up explosive plays because that's how you get beat in this league." And he's got two great corners. You know, we talked a few years ago about Paulson Adebo out of Stanford. You know, I was talking about how he would be a great fit uh, in the Titans uh, organization. I know they were looking at him quite heavily, and he's an area young man out of Mansfield. He went to Stanford. Uh, Marshawn Lattimore, we don't need to talk about him. That's the pro bowler. You know, he's been one of the most consistent corners for years now. And then not to mention they got the honey badger at safety. So I know Marcus is loving that with Tyrone Matthew. Matthew, and then you got Marcus May. So they got a good young secondary. This defense is good. Uh, and you know what? They're, they're front. We know about Cameron Jordan. We know what he's capable of doing, uh, David. He can wreak havoc. I know he's getting a little older now. He's about, what, 34 years old, his 13th year. But he's, an, he's a monster to deal with. So what Marcus is telling his players is, yeah, we know about D-Hop. We know what he's capable of doing. We don't know much about Traylon Burks, but we're going to get to know him quite well Sunday. And we know that these two receivers are explosive and they're big. And when you look at this unit, you're talking about uh, Traylon. We know his ability to do what? He can top the defense. He's looking at that Green Bay game saying, listen, corners, you can't do, you can't play like that. You can't play this guy aggressive. He's 6'3", he's 200 plus pounds. And we know about, and uh, David, you talked about this. When you talk about D-Hop, he's one of the best receivers when you talk about contested throws. Yeah, and uh, I believe I misspoke. I think I said Marcus Lattimore. It's, of course, Marshawn Lattimore, and I uh, I apologize to, to him at Pro Bowl. You, you, mentioned, you mentioned Cam Jordan. You say he's getting a little older, but this is a guy seven-plus sacks in 11 straight seasons, which is absurd. You know that uh, that that you can be that consistent, and he's a guy. He's a guy when when uh, when he's really good. The Saints are typically good. He's got uh, he's got twenty seven multi sack games in his career, and they're twenty four and three in those games. So uh, you know, as as we look at this, as we look at this rebuilt Titans offensive line, as the Saints look at it, you know they're they're looking for matchups. That, that Cam Jordan can win. And, and if they find one, they will go back to it and go back to it and try and exploit that as much as they can Sunday. And, uh, and the Titans ability to deal with him in that regard, I think is, is going to be one of the big, big factors in this game. And, uh, say this, you know, now, now it's not like the Titans and the Saints play all the time, but they've, they played twice in uh in recent years certainly under uh in in the in my, Mike Vrabel's tenure 2019 and 2020 and uh the uh, uh Cam Jordan only has one career sack against the Titans so uh so things have gone well in that regard 
Um, John, as 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 you look at that, as you look at that defense, and and let's say this is a defense that was really good at the end of last year, held their last three opponents to ten points, held their last eight po- opponents to twenty points or fewer. You know how how big a challenge is this for uh, for an offense that comes into the season with some obvious question marks? Yeah, I, I think it's a it's a real good test for the offensive line. You know, we we talked about it before that there's so much. Uh, turnover, obviously, in the offensive line. We're, we're looking at left tackle at Andre Dillard, a guy with upside, but who really didn't play much at all last year. Uh, and all of a sudden, you know, he, he's occupying one of the most important positions on the field at left tackle. You know, over on the other side, right tackle, you've got a guy, kind of a veteran journeyman starting in, in Chris Hubbard. He's going to be tested, too. Uh, Saints wound up last year with 48 sacks, tied for 50 in the NFL talked about some of the personnel cam jordan had eight and a half sacks demario davis six and a half carl granderson had five and a half and and it always you know it's that much more difficult to to face that pass rush in the superdome you know when you've got all that noise uh you know especially for for a season opening game you know that that'll create some chaos on that on that offensive line too so i think that'll be a major test uh and then maybe you know on the other side of the, the ball too what was the biggest question for the Titans? Are they going to be able to stop passing attacks? And I think that's going to be a significant test too. You know, Derek Carr is is a, is a good quarterback, established quarterback. Uh, we know that. Um, you know, Chris Olave had a great rookie season, seventy catches. Um, uh, Rashid Shahid, another interesting name. Um, you know, it was I think he was a UDFA coming into last year. Wound up averaging almost 18 yards a catch on on like 28 catches, and then there's the kind of the question mark: Is Michael Thomas? You know, he's missed a lot of of the last uh, three seasons, but if he comes back to anything close to what he used to be, four when he had four years in a row of, of 90 plus catches, that's a pretty good receiving core coming at you. So we'll get we'll get a good idea, uh, you know, right away about how well the the Titans have improved in in being able to stop opposing passing attacks. Yeah, and to your point about playing in the Superdome and, uh, you know, certainly in week one, the volume, the intensity, all that stuff is, is amped up right at the, uh, right out of the gate. The, uh, Saints have won their last four home openers, which is the, uh, which is the longest such streak in franchise history. They're looking to make it five in a row. Uh, Denard John mentions Derek Carr, a, a, a uh, a proven established quarterback in this league hasn't hasn't won big games but certainly has played and and won a lot of games uh he 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 is the new he, he gets a change of scenery a, a new surrounding cast and everything uh, replacing Jameis Winston if you're uh, if you're a defensive back planning for the Saints right now how big a challenge is Derek Carr versus maybe uh what Jameis Winston presented in recent years well look at last year game against Las Vegas uh, <laughs> that's all you have to do when you're prepared but Derek David let's let's not forget D Carr is just what a couple years removed from signing a hundred million dollar contract nobody pays you that much money unless you can play and let's let's realize that he is three and two against the Titans all time. And what I love about D. Card now he's got a new new coat. What I like, new fresh paint job. I like to call it going down to the Big Easy now. 
and down in Louisiana, but he's got some new weapons. And uh, this is going to be interesting, John and David. Uh, you know, this game is all about matchups. And we know statistically last year, the Titans secondary didn't play very well. Now, when they go down to the Big Easy, what they like to call it in the Big N.O., is there's a new uh, uh, car that's been um, it's been kind of uh, got some new parts to it. It's called a Michael Thomas, and that yeah. car is fast. Rebuilt, so, a rebuilt well, engine, well, if rebuilt, you will. Yeah, it's rebuilt, <laughs> but same paint job. And what's interesting about this, now he joins up with Chris Olive. This is a dynamic duo, but this way, this might be the game changer, John. We know that defensively, Titans, they're number two against the run last year. They were stingy. You got arguably the best interior lineman in the game and the big dog, uh, big Jeffrey Simmons. But they did get Jamal Williams in free agency. Now, he is a beast. I don't know what Detroit was thinking, letting him go. And I know they don't have their the, the, really the biggest piece in that franchise is Alvin Kamara. He would be out. He would be out of the game for suspension. But man, I'm gonna tell you something. They got some players around him, and if you Derek Carr, you got a, a, a new ensemble. So it's gonna be interesting how he uses those pieces Sunday. Yeah, the uh, the, the big the big thing I think is. You know the Titans. The Titans are looking to create havoc with rushing only four or five guys. That you know they they don't want to have to they they don't want to have to blitz a whole lot if they don't have to. Particularly to your point, Denard, in this one, they they the challenge is going to be getting getting to Derek Carr because of his experience. The the ball is going to come out quickly, and uh, and I almost feel like uh, I almost feel like this is. Uh, you know, it, it's going to be the same thing on both sides of the ball because the Titans' offensive line—they're not going to be perfect in their in their first game playing together this unit. You know, there's going to be times where Ryan Tannehill is going to be under duress, and uh, and they're you know he he's going to have to get rid of it. I almost feel like run after the catch is going to be the statistic in this game because both you know both teams have receivers who can do it and uh and and you've got two veteran quarterbacks who who can who who can read coverage quickly who can feel the rush coming they will get the ball out if uh if one secondary doesn't tackle nearly as well as the other and gives up a bunch of run after the catch yards i just i i, I think that's where that's where this game is going to be decided and it, and it and it's one of those things where it could be you know the the momentum could flip very quickly one way or the other with with that sort of play it's uh it, it, it you know week one can can be tough to predict sometimes and and there are going to be some mistakes and i and i think the the one mistake neither team can afford to make here is is missed tackles in the uh particularly in the passing game because it's uh it, it, you you've got guys you've got guys who are going to make you pay if uh if you do that and uh Let's not let's not forget uh, old man Jimmy Graham there either a, a guy who if if he's got anything left in the tank for uh, for New Orleans he can uh, he can add something too they it 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 it's funny their their offense didn't look that exciting last year in the first season under Dennis Allen as you know compared to what it's been under Sean Payton but uh, but it feels like there's a there's a lot there so. Uh, We'll uh, we'll certainly see how it all plays out. And it's uh, as we're as we're getting towards the end here. I guess it's uh, it's week one, so it's time to uh, time to start taking a little bit of the longer term view. We you know 
prediction what would what would the sports world with be be without predictions i guess is the uh is the way to put it so john glenn we're going to start with you how do you see the afc south shaping up this year and and what do you think where do where do the titans finish what is their record ultimately when all is said and done all right um i uh you know there's okay there's so much newness obviously in the afc south uh, you know, especially with with the the Texans and the Colts, you've got rookie quarterbacks, you've got you've got new coaches. Uh, so I think the Titans and Jaguars are going to be the the teams that that kind of primarily battle it out for for that uh, division crown. Um, and I don't think the Jags are necessarily leaps and bounds above the the Titans. You know, and we saw last year in that in that final game that was so close, despite the Titans missing so many personnel. Um, but I'll, I'll still give the Jaguars the edge. You know, I, I like the fact that they're also adding Calvin Ridley, you know, to what was already a pretty potent offense, a lot of, a lot of weapons last year. So I'll give them a little bit of the edge. And then as I, as I look, uh, overall in terms of maybe the tight schedule, I, I have been, been waffling back and forth, uh, either, either maybe a nine and eight, or I could go up to, to 10 and seven, uh, even, um, you know, which would certainly represent some progress from from last year. I, I have to figure injuries aren't going to be as bad, right? Three years in a row, we we, we can't possibly can't see a stretch like that. <laughs> I mean, right? Uh, it, it um, it, there's yeah, it, so, it it's uh, it seems unthinkable. We'll put it that way. It, it does, yeah. So so I've got you know I've got the the Titans sweeping the the uh, the Colts and the Texans, splitting with the Jaguars. Uh, um, you know, I'll go ahead and, uh, I, you know, I'll, I'll, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to be generous. I feel like, uh, especially par- compared to what I suspect David will probably say, but I'm going to go with, uh, go with, uh, with 10 and seven, uh, for, for the Titans and, you know, certainly a potential playoff, uh, even though I have them finishing behind the Jags in the AFC South. All right. Denard, can you top that? Are you going to, uh, you're gonna give fans reason to believe that uh that, that the Titans are that the Titans can can get back to their winning ways this year. Well, John kinda of took my answer. Look right here. I got I got ten and seven right here. So <laughs> Oh, look at that. Look I had to, and I was being very generous. I thought eleven and six. I said, Well, they have too many uh there's too many new pieces to this team. You're talking about a rebuilt offensive line. You got four new starters, and we said Aaron Bruin has been your most consistent player. And he's the only returning player, to be honest, on that offensive line. You do have a – you got the king back. So as long as you got the king, you're okay. The receiving core is better. That's what I like about this team. I, I actually – David, I believe that they can stay healthy. Uh, unlike last year, I think this is a team – well, I don't think. They can they can go 11-6. and six. Uh, but I do believe ten and seven will be a, a a pretty good record for this team this year. So I got I got them ten and seven. Yeah, I uh, I I almost see this season playing out in, in reverse to last year. I think uh, I, I think this team will be much better at the end of the year than it is at the beginning. I, I think there will be growing pains with that offensive line. I think uh, I, I think Ryan Tannehill and, and DeAndre Hopkins will take some time to sort it out. I, you know, I, I want to see, I, I want to see Derrick Henry 
run. I, you know, there, there's no question that that he's getting older. He, he the age seemed to be catching up with him just a little bit last year. So you figure, is it just a little bit more this year, or is it suddenly a lot? I mean, there's there there. You know, I, I think, but I think under under Mike Vrabel, this team's never going to be horrible. Like this is that you, you know you're not going to have a a three and fourteen team, and not not that this is a three and fourteen roster either. But uh, but I, I, I'm unlike you, John. I I think the division's a little better. I, I'm I'm high on D'Amico Ryan's and what he could mean to the Texans, and it it, it feels like for the first time in uh in several years down there they have a plan and you know you saw what they did on draft day getting getting two of the top three players in the draft and and going uh going from there so i i think i i think jacksonville's clearly the best team i think jacksonville has so much momentum from last year they're they're gonna kind of get free of the pack early and and then i think the tight you know kind of the way jacksonville ran down the titans last year i think the titans will be trying to chase them down this year and and the the team's relative health will uh will will factor into that but i also think i also think think houston's going to be nipping at the titans heels if they're not careful so i i I think i think the division is going to be a little more challenging than than most people think i'm gonna i'm gonna say eight and nine nine and eight right there for the titans and and probably just out of the playoff picture when all is said and done are you sure it's on the show? <laughs> <laughs> well, you if I remember right, David, you were you were certainly the most conservative last year of the and, pickers. And I and, you, and I, and I even with. had to apologize, remember, after the Kansas City game, because I said no way was my prediction right. And I think I ultimate I think I predicted seven and ten last year. Maybe it was eight and nine, but uh but I after the after they, they went to Kansas City and lost, I said, Well, there's no way this team's not gonna have a winning record and everything at, at that point. Point. So, so whatever happens this year, I'm sticking to my guns all the way through. It's uh, it, it's seven and ten. I, I, I but uh, but I think, but I, I having said that, I don't want to I don't want to leave people feeling down about that because, as I said, I think you're going. I think by the end of this, you're going to say, okay, that's a seven and ten that makes me feel really good about 2024. Unlike last year seven straight losses at the end sort of left everybody like oh god what's you know what's to come now i think uh i i think i think this is this is the the start of a, a building back process so real quickly we just we just have a little bit of time let's let's go let's yeah you know who's winning sunday real quickly john glenn titans or saints uh, I think this is going to be a uh, an opening L for the uh, for the Titans as I as I did my schedule and came out with my my ten and seven record. Um, I, I think this is a loss. Yeah, I think there's a lot of, of of newness to the to the Titans. I think as you said, David, probably get get you know a little bit of time before some of these things are are clicking. Uh, you know, on on all cylinders, it's a tough place to go uh, to win a game, especially in an opener in the in the Superdome. There'll be some unpredictability about the the Saints, obviously, with a new quarterback in there that you might have to get uh, adjusted to. So, uh, yeah, I'll I'll, I'll take the uh, the Saints. Denard, Titans or Saints? Man, I gotta go Saints, David. I, I just I, I hate to say that, but I'm gonna go Saints. They're playing in the Super. Oh no, in the Superdome too. Oh, I got the Saints. Uh, you know, and that's that's the way I feel. There's that there's so many more reasons to think the Saints win the Saints win this game, which is why I'm gonna say the Titans. Every it seems like Mike Vrabel pulls these games out of his hat 
time and time again. So I'm going to say the Titans win it. We will see Sunday. We will be back to talk to you next week on Believe on Titans podcast. Thank you, as always, for listening. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.